Welcome back to Lasa's channel. My name is Anton Vjeltsin. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. If you've been paying attention to my channel, or if you've ever had any encounters with the American judicial system, you recognize that the laws are rarely black and white. That is because we're bound by the language itself. If the legislature writes a more exact, specific law, it will apply only to a few scenarios, and thus we will need more and more laws to write. But if the legislature writes a more broad law that applies to more scenarios, then the law is opened up to more interpretations. It is the role of the judiciary to interpret the law through the cases that are brought before them. Now, the courts also have to rely on what's called precedent, which are the decisions by the court made previously to be consistent with those decisions. When I discuss the cases on this channel every week, I hope to educate you as well as provide context on how the courts interpret a particular law so you can then either call me or discuss it with your own attorney if you're facing similar charges. This week, we're going to look on what constitutes a seizure of a person under the Fourth Amendment. Specifically, we will see whether the police had reasonable suspicion to stop an individual and whether they later had probable cause to keep him on the side of the road for 45 minutes to ascertain his identity. And before we go on, I want to thank you for watching this channel, hitting that subscribe button, and sharing it with your friends and family. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please consider giving it a 5-star review rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and check out some of my merch, including the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching. Quick message from Lostash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeltsin discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California State Courts on the Lost Ash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Lost Ash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. Today we'll be discussing United States versus Isguera Robles which is a case that deals with a seizure of a person. But first, let me give you some factual background. A sergeant was patrolling the streets. He saw an individual with a defendant standing on the corner discussing something next to a pressure washer. One of those individuals was Mr. Swingle. Now, Swingle was a known methamphetamine addict with a history of aggression and violence towards the police. Sergeant believed that Swingle supported his drug addiction by stealing property and trading it for money or drugs. However, Swingle was never convicted for theft. Sergeant watched the men load the pressure washer into the trunk of the defendant's car. The defendant then drove Swingle and himself down a block to Swingle's mobile home. The sergeant alleges that the defendant committed three traffic violations during that short drive to the mobile home. Once the men arrived to Swingle's residence, they entered the mobile home and Sergeant radioed for backup. 
he waited some time for the backup to arrive. Once another officer got to the scene, both police officers approached the back of the mobile home and ordered the men to exit. At that time, both Swingle and the defendant were inside the mobile home and exited only because they were ordered to do so. Once they got out of the mobile home, they were taken into custody and questioned. The defendant did not speak English. And so the officer, when he asked him for identification, the defendant simply shrugged his shoulders in response. The sergeant then directed the second officer to handcuff the defendant for failure to display his driver's license. They then waited about 45 minutes for another officer to arrive. Once the third officer who spoke Spanish arrived, he gave the defendant his Miranda rights and told the defendant that he was being detained by the police in order for them to investigate the identity and the ownership of the pressure washer. The defendant told the officers that they already knew his identity because in his pocket he had his Mexican driver's license and that he was borrowing the pressure washer. One of the officers then asked the defendant for permission to search the car for the limited purpose of recovering registration and insurance information. Whether the defendant gave consent to the search and what the scope of the consent was is disputed. The officer then looked in the center console and found a clear plastic bag containing what he suspected to be methamphetamine. The officer then asked the defendant if it was okay for them to have a dog run around the car to sniff for drugs. Again, the, the defendant consented to that search and subsequently the officers found two pounds of methamphetamine in the car. Now this is a quick reminder to never consent to searches. Before you're questioned by the police, officers often give you Miranda warnings. There's the warning that you have a right to remain silent and anything that can be used against you, anything that you say can be used against you. Now, when they ask for consent to search, they never give you the warning that you can actually refuse the consent. But you do have that right. And so remember that. If you're ever questioned by the police and asked whether it is okay to search you or any of your property, never consent to searches. It never helps you. Here's something to remember. The Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. And generally speaking, officers need to have a warrant before they conduct a search. Now here, we don't have any warrants, of course. The police are relying on consent. But the defendant contends that the officers either detained him without reasonable suspicion or made the arrest without probable cause. And anything that follows has to be suppressed and cannot be used against him because that would be the fruits of the poisonous tree. If the initial detention or the arrest is illegal, then everything that follows cannot be used against you. Here, of course, we're starting with a seizure. Whether that initial detention, when the officers asked the defendant to get out of the mobile home, 
constitutes a seizure under the Fourth Amendment. So let's start by discussing the initial stop and detention. The Fourth Amendment's protections extend to brief investigatory stops that fall short of a traditional arrest. Courts must determine, based on totality of circumstances, whether a police-initiated stop is supported by the officer's reasonable suspicion. Reasonable suspicion exists if specific, articulable facts, together with objective and reasonable inferences, suggest that the persons detained by the police are engaged in criminal activity. An officer's mere hunch is insufficient to meet the reasonable suspicion standard. However, conduct that appears innocent to untrained eye can convey different information to an experienced and trained observer. The government justifies the initial stop based on the sergeant's previous knowledge of Swingle and his belief that the pressure washer was stolen and being traded for drugs. But the court says that the defendant conduct, not Swingle's, involving the pressure washer did not provide the sergeant with reasonable basis to conclude that the transaction was more likely than not a criminal transaction. The court considered the sergeant's experience with Swingle, but notes that Swingle has never been convicted of stealing property. Additionally, the sergeant testified during the hearing that he stops Swingle every time he sees him, regardless of circumstances. Such conduct, supported only by speculation, is unwarranted and falls short of establishing reasonable suspicion to search and detain Swingle, and anybody unfortunate enough to be traveling with him, whenever Swingle is seen in possession of personal property. So really, we can stop here. The court says that the initial order to get Swingle and the defendant out of the mobile home was illegal. There was no reasonable suspicion to believe that the transaction or anything involving that pressure washer was criminal in nature. And without reasonable suspicion, police cannot detain and even briefly investigate. Now, let's move on to the arrest. The Fourth Amendment requires police officers to have probable cause before making a warrantless arrest. A police officer has probable cause to arrest a suspect without a warrant if the available facts suggest a fair probability that the suspect has committed a crime. The government contends that the police had authority to stop the defendant for committing traffic violations and arrest him for failure to provide a valid driver's license. So first, let's talk about a traffic violation. The court says it is true that the police have reasonable suspicion to detain an individual who's committing a traffic violation, but here the sergeant did not use his authority. He did not stop the vehicle. Instead, he let the defendant drive all the way to the mobile home. The sergeant then waited some period of time to get backup and only then ordered the defendant out of the mobile home. So here, we're not dealing with a direct violation of traffic ordinances. Instead, we're dealing with a situation where the order to get the man out of the house comes much later. Which brings us to the second point. The government contends that the arrest occurred 
when the defendant failed to provide his driver's license. But the court disagrees. They say that the arrest occurred when the sergeant ordered the two men out of the mobile home. Because at that point, no reasonable person would feel free to leave or disobey the orders by two police officers to walk out of the house. And then, of course, we can deal with the statute itself. In this particular state, failure to provide a driver's license is an arrestable offense. However, a police officer may detain a person arrested only for such time as reasonably necessary to investigate and verify the person's identity. This offense does not allow officers to use it as a ploy to conduct otherwise unlawful searches. Once the person's identity is verified, detention is no longer reasonably necessary and the individual must be released. But here, of course, we know that the defendant was held for another 45 minutes for more backup to arrive, for a Spanish-speaking officer to get there, to give him Miranda warnings, and so on. That is unreasonable delay. And because of that, the court says that here the arrest was illegal. After he provided his Mexican driver's license, there was no more need to detain him. His identity was ascertained. He could have been given any sort of citations. But there's no need to then ask him whether it is okay to search the vehicle. Because the defendant was unlawfully arrested when he was ordered to get out of the house, everything that follows must be suppressed, including his statements and all the findings inside his car, meaning the drugs. If you enjoyed this video, if you learned a little bit more about detentions and arrests, and of course here, like in many situations, we're dealing with a constructive arrest. Of course, the defendant was never told he's being arrested. But the police conduct and the circumstances surrounding the encounter with the police can be called a constructive arrest. So if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. Please subscribe to my channel. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and checking out some of my merch. Thanks for watching.